Hello, Poke fans. Welcome to the Same Type Attack Bonus Podcast, or Stabcast for short, your twice-monthly look into the deeper worlds of Pokemon. I'm your host, Trainer Spike, and with me, as always, are my fellow trainers, Slagkick, and Sulker. The power of science is amazing! Today is February 4th, 2018, and this is Stabcast, episode 25, Return to Alola, continuing our Ultra Voyage. Welcome once again, our lovely and beautiful listeners, to another episode of our venture into the deeper worlds of Pokemon. This week, we are coming back to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon to take a look at what has changed in this lovely return to Alola. But first, let's talk about our Poke Weeks. Sulker, you go first. So, let's see. Um, aside from watching the anime, which we did this week, um, there hasn't really been a whole heck of a lot going on for me in the Pokemon world. Uh, my friend Seeps, who I mentioned last week is streaming uh, his Nuzlocke on Pokemon Yellow, has really only been able to get in one stream this week, uh, but tonight he is streaming the fine finale, or the final four, uh, at least, of his uh, stream, so I'm going to be watching that from about 8 to 10, or however long it takes for him to beat them, or get wiped out. Otherwise, I've kind of been toying around since last episode uh, on the ideas around a Pokemon RPG system, so I've done some research, done some brainstorming, and I'm starting to work on at least like a Fate Core hack that may work to make something happen there, so more on that as I get there. What about you, Slackkick? Uh, not too much. Uh, just enjoying seeing people engage with Pokemon content on the internet, like posting cute Pokemon plushies on Twitter and stuff, so, uh, yeah, really not too much here, aside from the anime. Excellent. So, my Poke Week has been a little interesting, you know, we now have Aegislash in a Pokemon tournament, so that's a whole thing. Um, oh, I didn't realize you'd gotten the uh, battle packs. I did, yeah. I actually uh, d- downloaded those the day that, uh, or I should say purchased those the day that I got Pokemon Tournament. So so I guess I'll probably need to get on downloading that myself. Yeah, you probably should. Let's see, I also got the um, Pokemon figure collection of Mew, which I've been looking for for a while. So I'm really excited about that. It's Mew doing psychic attacks, so super happy. So cute. Yeah, it's super cute. Um, Also got in a little Pokemon Sun Moon, or Ultra Moon, I should say. Um, Still lagging behind. <laughs> Have not finished the island we're talking about today, but, you know, I'm working on it. It's just, um, it's been really tough because there's been a lot of video games lately, and they're all vying for my attention. Monster Hunter! Yeah, really struggling to stay away from Monster Hunter, as Sulker noted. So, um, still though, you know, I'm putting in the time and enjoying the game. Um, that about wraps it up for my Poke Week, though, so I guess it's probably time for our Muse, or Poke News. Sulker, if you'd like to get us started. Sure, uh, as we discussed on last episode, uh, we're in the beginning of the Legendary Year of Pokemon, uh, which is now live, so we're getting our first distributions for Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and Regular Sun Moon, uh, and that is going to be Dialga and Palkia. Uh, these are now available to uh, get the codes at a near- at a local GameStop, available until February 28th. Uh, these Pokemon must be redeemed no later than May 28th, uh, so if you get those cards, I'd recommend at least trying to get those 
updated into your game as quickly as possible. Uh, so let's see. We now do know how the distribution of Dialga or Palkia will go, as kind of touched on last week. Um, so Dialga will be in Moon and Ultra Moon and have different stats depending upon which version you get. Uh, so if you're playing Ultra Moon and you use the code, you'll get a level 60 Dialga with the ability Pressure. It'll have moves Aurasphere, Iron Tail, Roar of Time, and Flash Cannon. Uh, if you have Ultra Moon, it'll be level 100, a same ability pressure. It'll have moves Aurasphere, Draco Meteor in place of Iron Tail, Roar of Time, and Flash Cannon, and comes with the held item Gold Bottle Cap. Uh, and Palkia will obviously be in Sun and Ultra Sun. In Sun, it'll be level 60, uh, same ability as Dialga, so pressure. Moves are Aurasphere, Aqua Tail, uh, Spatial Rend, and Hydro Pump. In Ultra Sun, level 100, ability pressure, uh, the same moves as its level 60 version, except take Aqua Tail out and replace it with Draco Meteor, and then also have Gold Bottle Cap as a held item. And this is, uh, to, uh, also in this celebration, it's noted that the 10th movie, The Rise of Darkrai, is now available on Pokemon TV and features Dialga, Palkia, and Darkrai. Uh, so that's some pretty exciting news, I'm glad we know how that now is going to work for the rest of this year, sort of. Uh, what do you guys think about this? So I'm really disappointed as someone who started with Moon and then moved on to Ultra Moon. I'm disappointed that um, I'll only be getting Dialga for both of them. I had uh, assumed, I think a lot of us assumed, that um, Sun and Moon would get like one of them and then Moon and or Ultra Moon and Ultra Sun would get the other. Um, so this is a little bit of a disappointment to me. Um, that having been said, I mean, it does sound really badass and I'll definitely get all of these and my dumbass completion itself will probably end up getting a copy of Sun that I don't currently have. So cool. You know, I could just trade you the the Sun versions, right? But don't you want them? I mean, you won't get to keep them, but for your Pokedex. Yeah, no, but I want them. I don't just want to <laughs> hold them for a minute. I mean, do we know that each card will only allow, like, each cart will only allow you to download one of the Pokemon, or can you use the same code to get multiple of, like, the s different codes to get the same Pokemon? I presume that each code will be single use, as that's how they've all always gone before. Right. So yeah, I don't think it's if, like a... if I got like two cards, let's say, I use one Sun copy, get my uh, Pokemon, then I use the same or a different code in Sun, get a different one and just trade you that second one. I don't think that is typically worked with past promotions unless you've like wiped the data of your game after using it. And I don't foresee you wanting to do that. No, that's not going to be a thing. Uh, what about you, Slagkick? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it would have been better if they just did it as the, you know, codes that you can do on a mystery gift, because then that way, if you've invested the money in, you know, the different versions, then, you know, you'll be rewarded. You could potentially get all four. But uh, I think it's cool. Dialga and Palkia are pretty cool. Um, and, I mean, I have Moon and Ultra Sun, so I will be getting one of each. I do also have a regular Sun copy that I played a little bit of, but not that much. So I can give you a level 60 Palkia if you want. Oh, hooray. Maybe. LOL. Uh, we also have news here that when the Pokemon Center DX Tokyo location opens in March, they will be giving out a Snorlax, a special distribution Snorlax from March 14th until the end of April in Japan. Um, this will be for trainers that own Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, as well as Sun and Moon. It's going to be a beautiful weather, sunny day Snorlax. 
Um, there's also going to be a Pikachu that will come holding a lemonade. Um, we don't yet know if these uh, distributions will be coming to the rest of the world, but fingers crossed. I mean, obviously Snorlax can get Sunny Day on his own via TM, but who wouldn't just want to get one that comes with it and a lemonade? I love Beyonce. What do you think, Silker? Milk, milk, lemonade, Pikachu is fudge where, is where fudge is made. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's cute. Um, I like that we'll, That these are things that will be coming out. How, we can't get these in America, I don't believe. So Yeah, that is what I was just saying was yeah. that we don't have word yet on a distribution here. But obviously these event Pokemon always highly sought after. So uh, fingers crossed that they do come here. Well, what about you, Slaggy? I mean, I almost wonder if the Snorlax will have some st- sort of special ability and almost be like a cast form or something, you know, which is the weather Pokemon. Oh, interesting. I mean, I have no idea. There's really been no precedent for Snorlax being, um, you know, because I mean, I don't, I don't really know what beautiful weather means aside from, you know, probably sunny day. So maybe it just comes with a cool moveset that's like, use this Pokemon that it has sunny day and, like, you know, this moveset will allow you to, you know, make the most of this sunny day move. I don't know. But I like Snorlax. I like Pikachu. So yay. Excellent. Uh, Slaggy, I think that you had a quick follow-up to something that Sulker had noted. Yeah, so um, as mentioned, the uh, Rise of Darkrai is now playing on Pokemon TV. So this is uh, the iOS and Android app, Pokemon TV. And so not only will there be... For this month, the Rise of Darkrai streaming on there. For the legendary year of Pokemon, there will be monthly Pokemon movies tied to that month's distribution. Excellent. And let me ask you, have you ever seen the Rise of Darkrai? I did not see the, the Rise of Darkrai. Neither have I. I was going to ask you how it was because Darkrai is pretty rad. Uh, Sulker, have you seen the Rise of Darkrai? No, I, I typically don't get around to watching most of the Pokemon movies based on their usual, we'll just say, level of Pokemon movies. Yeah, that. (laughs) All right. Well, all of that having been said, maybe the three of us need to go watch The Rise of Darkrai. I mean, I probably will just so that it's like part of the celebration and then we can talk about those things like on our next episode. Celebrate! Uh, Sulker, if you'd like to take this next news story. Sure. Um, So in Pokemon card related news, uh, the Cyrus Prism Star card will likely be corrected in future uh, Prince of the Run. Uh, Originally, there had been a translation error on the card uh, that had it listing it only worked if you had water or metal Pokemon in play. Uh, A couple, I'm not sure about how long ago, but there was a Rata posted on Pokemon.com showing the card should have read if your active Pokemon is water or metal. Uh, This was a bit of a change. Uh, So someone recently noticed that there was an image update on Pokemon.com, which is a pretty good indication that if there are future reprints, um, this will... This card will likely be corrected for Ultra Prism. Um, It's interesting to note this as some cards in the past have received errata but no reprints, while others have. Uh, In general, we can kind of guess that based on how soon in a card or in a set's run the error is noticed is how quick we can get a reprint potentially but if it's at the end of a run likely to not happen uh any thoughts on this one guys it's just interesting that there's a uh reprint well so this for me definitely makes me want to get the current like box set because i would love to get one of the pre-correction cards and one of the post-correction cards if possible i just i love collecting that kind of thing We also have word here that there is a Heatran promo card that is being given away at GameStop. 
This is a hollow Heatron, and you can get it with a purchase of $25 of Pokemon trading card game products at participating GameStop stores. The promotion started two days ago and will be going through February 28th. You should probably call your GameStop before you go there to confirm that they are participating, but it seems that this is celebrating the release of the Ultra Prism set. Uh, what what do you guys think? And let's start with Slagkick. I think that's cool. Um, you For a minute, um, when I first saw the headline, I was like, wait, they're also giving away Heatrans? But I, I guess because we're not used to GameStop typically giving away cards, you usually see that at like a Toys R Us. So I think it's cool that they are um, trying to promote their sales of Pokemon cards and rewarding people who choose to purchase there. I think Heatrans is pretty cool, so um, I don't know if I will end up getting it, but I think that it's cool. Uh, I think, one, this card is actually pretty cute. I like the art on it. It looks a little weird and, like, evil cute, and that's kind of my aesthetic. Um, Really? Yes. Um, I mean, to me, I think we should try to loop this into when we go get our Dialga and Palkia cards, just because I want this card. Just, I like having, like, promo cards for things, and since this one's not really limited like the Toys R Us ones, uh, I would be okay with getting one and saying, haha, little kids, you don't get this card. This one's mine. Rude. Slackkick, I think you had something else for us? Yeah, this one's uh, kind of a small piece of news, but we have the English logo for Forbidden Light, uh, the Sun and Moon trading card expansion. This will be in America and Europe on May 4th. It is a little different from the Japanese Forbidden Light because this will be a combination from Ultra Force and Forbidden Light Japanese sets. So um, there will be 130 cards, 5 Prism Star cards, 8 Pokemon GX, 6 Ultra Beasts, 15 trainers, and 2 special energy. The English set will feature Ultra Necrozma GX, Lucario GX, Greninja GX, Psyguard GX, Eveltal GX, Nagand- Naganadel GX, Volcanion, and Arceus Prism Star. So what you're telling me is that I'm going to be buying a lot of Forbidden Light packs so that I can get that Lucario, Greninja, and Zygarde. Got right. it. And like, I'm, is Naganadel is one of the uh, Ultra Beasts, apparently? Oh, okay. I mean, whatever. I'm definitely going to be getting into this because you guys know me in the card sets. I have to collect them all. It's right there in the name. Um, and Sulker, I believe you have another follow-up for us? Yeah, so in TCG News, uh, so we now have images of October's Solgaleo GX and Lunala GX boxes uh, online. Uh, each box comes with a fo- bleh, foil promo of said Pokemon, uh, jumbo versions of the same cards, four booster packs, and a TCG online code card. Uh, originally, this was slated to be released on March 23rd, um, but looks like this has been pushed all the way back to a release date of October 5th. Wow. Uh, There's online speculation that this is due to the oversaturation of releases on March 23rd, uh, which if you listened to last week's episode, uh, Slagkick was calling out that there seemed to be a lot of upcoming releases on that day, uh, all of which are related to the legendary year of Pokemon. There's no official word on the delay, but this seems pretty likely to me. Um, Also interesting to note that these boxes in particular were released in Japan on November 10th of last year, so it's been or by the time we get them, it'll have been almost a year since the release. Oh, wow. Wowzers. Well, that sucks. These were uh, both products that I was looking forward to purchasing myself, um, but I guess now I'm just looking forward to purchasing them in October. Hey, my bank account is totally fine with me waiting a little bit longer on some purchases. And you can buy them for me for my birthday in October. (laughs) So, Slaggy, 
what do you think about the fact that you kind of clocked that as far as there being too many releases on uh, well, March 23rd? Well, then that's 23rd. also the day that uh, Detective Pikachu is coming out, too, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, I guess it's my fault. Sorry. Yep, Nintendo was listening to you again. They should stop doing that. We also have word here of new tins. This is uh, the Dusk Main Necrozma GX or Dawnwings Necrozma GX tins. Um, this is, of course, fairly normal product release. They will be releasing on March 23rd. Um, they'll be coming with four Pokemon trading card game booster packs, a code card to unlock a playable deck in the Pokemon trading card game online, and, of course, a foil card of which box you are buying. Um, these look pretty neat to me. I will probably buy at least one of them. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm definitely going to buy whichever one you don't buy, maybe both, but we'll see about that. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, um, especially with the Solvaleo and Lunala GX boxes being delayed. Well, as if I needed anything else to spend my money on on March 23rd. Well, if you want to spend some money on February 23rd, um, you can pick up some... Um, Imports via Amazon Japan of very adorable eraser figures. These 35 millimeter, or which is about, you know, a little under an inch and a half figures are erasers that are like actual erasers, but why would you want to waste them on erasers? Because they're really cute. These are from the Japanese manufacturer Remnant, and there will be eight Pokemon Pikachu. And the Pikachu has like a little, like a cute little uh, hibiscus flower or something. Um, Alolan, Vulpix, Mimikyu. Magikarp, Rallet, Bounce Sweet, Cubone, and Jigglypuff with a little microphone. Oh, and uh, Bounce Sweet comes with a bunch of little uh, fruits, too, apparently. I see a lot of little butts that he comes with, like peaches. Yep, definitely butts, not peaches. So what do you think about these? Uh, have are, 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 Oh, they also come with a piece of chewing gum. Um, so is, is this a thing, like, um, cute eraser toys? Is this, like, a really, pos- really popular thing in Japan? I thought cute erasers were a thing ever. Everywhere. Yeah, I guess they I, kind of. Are, I mean, but... if we're only able to get these through imports, I'm definitely going to have to ask Spike to help me get these because I want I want all of them. Well, you can buy a complete box set on Amazon Japan for the U.S. equivalent of about thirty-two dollars. Hex, yes. I haven't checked yet if it's available for international shipping, but I'll do that after the show. I do have an Amazon Japan account and will probably buy a box. And then I'm going to use them to just erase things with, so they'll be smudged with pencil marks. And then I am going to take a shit on your car. Whoa. Don't be a Garbodor. Fair enough. Sulker, I believe you might have our next news story. Sorry, I was just waiting to see if you were going to say more about shitting on his car or not. This is a show about things that children enjoy, like shitting on cars. Anyways, um, so uh, Pokemon TCG Sun and Moon Ultra Prism Elite Trainer Box are now available available in stores and at Pokemon Centers, or anywhere you might buy Pokemon cards. Uh, These uh, Elite Trainer Boxes come with 8 Pokemon TCG Ultra Prism Booster Packs, 65 card sleeves featuring Duskmane Necrozma or Dawnwing Necrozma, depending upon which of of the two you buy, yeah. 
Uh, 45 Pokemon TCG Energy Cards, a player guide to the Sun and Moon Ultra Prism Expansion, 6 damage counter dice, uh, 1 coin, 2 acrylic condition markers, and 1 acrylic GX marker, a collector's box to hold everything with 4 dividers to keep it organized, and a code card for the online card game. Uh, Honestly, I'm definitely getting at least one of these, probably the Solgaleo version, or or, sorry, Dusk Main necrozma uh just because i think that looks sick as hell um what do you guys think about this you're going to be getting it i want a dawn wings necroma necrozma box hella bad i will definitely be buying one what about you slaggy yeah i mean um it's a little bit um like because they also have the prism tins but then there's these um prism elite trainer boxes so i'm kind of like you know do i get one of one and one of the other or you know are they redundant i guess i can see why they delayed the um, Solgaleo and Lunala because spoiler alert they're basically also the Dawnwing and Duskmane right so yep pretty um, much yeah I guess I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a little overwhelmed this is a little too much for me I think a lot of people are but you know these uh, elite trainer boxes are one of my favorite pieces of merch when a new line comes out because it's such an easy way to like quickly get like a sizable amount of the new cards and you know they always come with the materials you would need to buy it to build a new deck they come with all the energy cards so I always just view them them is a, a, a really easy like new entry level into any of the given expansions. Yeah. We also have a story here I'm really excited about. This is a new Japanese show. This is called P-Sports Aim to be a Pokemon <laughs> Battle Master. This is a show they about things water children enjoy. They use water sport. It's super effective. The show is called P-Sports Aim to be a Pokemon <laughs> Battle Master. And hopefully this time Slykick won't interrupt me. Um, this is a show that's actually focused on the uh, Japanese competitive battle scene. Um, very much was being pitched by the games media um, before it started airing as sort of like the first f- official foray into like an esports setting that we've really seen officially come from the Pokemon company. Uh, it's being hosted by very popular Japanese YouTuber Hajime Sa- Shacho, as well as the uh, former co-host of Pokemon Sunday and Pokemon Smash, uh, Yamamoto from Robert. So this is, um, you know, really exciting, of course. Um, We're going to probably see, uh, I think, a lot of people talking about this show as it goes on. Um, It's being aired on Abema Abema TV in Japan. Um, It premiered on the 24th of January, and the entire first episode is available for download or for viewing on YouTube. So I highly recommend you check that out. This is an officially sponsored adventure from Pokemon, Pokemon Company, etc., etc., Nintendo, all of them. Um, Definitely something that I'm really excited to see, because I feel like we don't see a lot of support for um, high-level competitive Pokemon battling, and this could very well be the start of that changing. Um, Sulker, what do you think? Um, We're watching this after we get through this episode. Either that that or before, or we're having dinner tonight. I don't care. I need to see this right now. That's how I feel about this. Just because it, like you said, it's kind of the first foray they're taking into esports, and it's coming from Pokemon, or a Pokemon place, so I'm 100% behind it. Uh, I can't really say more until I watch the episode, but I'm very much looking 
looking forward to it. How about you, Slykick? Slykick, let me say, I know you're a fan of eSports. How do you feel about P-Sports? Oh, you know, um, if they're... <laughs> If there's teams like, um, you know, Team Mystic, Team Spark, and Team Valor, that's what the, those are the three teams, right? Uh-huh. I guess you just could say that if if there's, like, you know, different kind of, like, league league teams like that, that I would definitely be flagging yellow here. Yes, <laughs> all, that's different from your real life. Uh, in all seriousness, though, um, uh, I think it's really cool. I could potentially see if this format is successful that Disney XD Disney XP maybe even like uh, you know having something like this because don't, don't they straight up just like show Overwatch matches and stuff at Disney XP yeah um, yeah. so I mean I could definitely see um, some P-Sports going international alright moving on and hopefully growing up I believe you have another follow up Slaggy well yes I've been, although I do believe that these two Pokemon probably can learn the move water sport these are Surskit and Masquerain, and they will be coming to Pokemon Go soon, based on um, a recent trailer that just came out on the first of the month. Um, and we can also expect other Hoenn Pokemon too, but um, Surskit and Masquerain being the ones that were featured here. Sulker, what do you think about this? Are, are you going to be hunting for Surskit and Masquerain? Um, no, I'm not really into water sports as much as you are, so I'm definitely interested in the list of Pokemon that's coming out in this uh, go this uh, new update. Uh, specifically, like seeing things like Deoxys and Jirachi getting on the list uh, is pretty interesting to me. But like I said last episode, I don't really know that I can continue playing Pokemon Go, uh, calling back to the uh, issue with spoofers, and in general, just the amount of time the game takes to play when you're not spoofing. Registeel. 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 That Uh, list has not been confirmed, though, as far as I know. Oh, has it not? I thought that... Well, uh, they are all Pokemon that appeared in the documentary-style trailer that came out a couple days ago, so the one that uh, Stephen Fry narrated. So I I assume that they'll be in the game since they were literally in the the trailer. Yeah, I mean, just because people haven't encountered them yet doesn't mean anything, but we'll see. Oh, see, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the trailer, so I thought just those two were featured. Oops. No, I, I highly recommend watching it. I watched it earlier this morning, and it was, like, it's really well done. Yeah, like, a lot of money clearly went into that trailer. It was, it was cool. So, all right, well then, with that having been said, Sulker, I believe you have the next one? Yep. Uh, so this is actually a follow-up from last week's episode. Uh, we talked about uh, Pokemon Duel uh, having patch 5.0.8 going live, uh, which has happened. Uh, as we kind of touched on last time, there's going to be some new uh, figures. Uh, the UX figures are Buzzwool, Fermosa, and Mega Gallade. Uh, EX figures are Gallade and Beware. R figures, Polyrath and Hypno. And UC figures are Mahukita and Stuffle. Um, what we didn't know at the time was exactly the details of the balance patch that we're going in. Uh, so what we found reported so far is uh, Caldeo now has removed dodge and adds a new attack, Water Jump, which moves the Pokemon two steps away and gives gains weight. Uh, Hariyama is updated to change slap push to heavy slam, uh, increases damage to other slap plus to 60, uh, increase wheel size of push away, and decrease uh, wheel size of 
miss. For drowsy, uh, increased wheel size of hypnosis and confusion and decreased the wheel size of miss. So it sounds like they only so far have uh, done some updates around a couple of the Pokemon uh, from previous releases or this release. Uh, otherwise, the only other real thing of note is the uh, additional bases that have come out. Uh, what do you guys think about this follow-up? Well, now that they added Bug Zaddy, I think I've got to come back. Yes, come no. through Buzzswall. No, um, I, I, I don't care about Pokemon Duel, but I guess for the people who play it, cool. I think it's cool, but I'm, vol- I'm already back to playing, so I mean, this is super neat, but it is what it is. Wait, you, you're back to playing it? Yeah, I noted last week I was downloading it while we were recording. I, I actually did start playing again. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> must, must not have been important enough for your Poke Week. To be no. fair, to be fair, it wasn't. You're not wrong. Sad. So last but definitely not least, in fact, last but probably most, we have word here from Nintendo's recent quarterly earnings report for the fiscal quarter ending on January 31st that Pokemon for Switch is still scheduled for a 2018 or later release. Now, of course, you know, a lot of people still don't believe Pokemon Switch will be releasing in 2018, and and of course that's fine, but something that a lot of people have noted is that it would actually be unlawful for Nintendo to advise investors that 2018 is still on the table if it weren't. Um, So going on good faith, we have to assume it is still very much a possibility that we will be getting the next mainline Pokemon RPG this year on the Nintendo Switch. Of course, you know, when it was announced at E3 of last year that the next mainline Pokemon game will be on Switch, a lot of people were sort of letting their imaginations run away from them wildly, which is delightful. Um, Imagining how the Pokemon series could be rejuvenated in the style of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild or Super Mario Odyssey. Um, This word that, you know, it would really seem that Game Freak, Pokemon Company, Nintendo are really dead set on trying to make 2018 happen has started people thinking along the lines a little bit more realistically about what a new mainline Pokemon game would look like if it did release in the next eight or nine months. Um, Of course, something that a lot of people have then gone to is really looking at what Pokemon Sun and Moon's engine looks like when upscaled in an emulator. Um, So this is, you know, just running the game at a higher internal resolution, but with all the same assets, literally all of the the game programming that is already present, just rendered at a higher resolution. Um, I sent some photos of what this looks like to you, Slagkick and Sulker, um, to get your opinions on it, and really to ask you, how would you feel if the next mainline Pokemon RPG did look just like this, and it was a 2018 Switch release, because I think this is what a lot of us are coming around to, is that if this is real, this is probably what this release is going to be like. Um, Sulker, I'd like to start with you. How, how would you feel if this was the 2018 mainline Pokemon game? I mean, I'd be crying, and I'd be crying tears of joy, because it looks really good. Like, okay, I'd be sure it's, it wouldn't be, say, on the same level as, like, Breath of the Wild, for instance. But for a mainline Pokemon game, it would be the most gorgeous-looking version of the game out there. Uh, I'm really hopeful that Nintendo does try to get this pushed through uh, maybe Q4 
of this year um, or at the very latest like Q1 of next year because I have a mighty need to play a game that looks like this and has Pokemon that look like that. Well, and it should be noted that because the fiscal year and the calendar year don't match, it could be quarter one 2019 and still be a fiscal 2018 release. I would definitely be into that then because I have no complaints about what this looks like. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of polygon work that could be done on like secondary like background objects but i mean what game couldn't use that well and again i mean if this is the route they go i'm sure they would do work on bringing some of that stuff up to par for this higher resolution it, what's really stunning to me is that what's already there 90 percent of it already looks pretty close to perfect to me for like the the exaggerated cartoony art style that the games really lend themselves to yeah i mean it looks like you were basically watch- looking at an ep- uh, screen cap from an episode of Pokemon if there was nothing like art like if they weren't stylizing it beyond just cartoony and I want to ask you um slag kick because you know we do a video game show over at gamebuoy.org and you know obviously we talk a lot about trends in games and and we talk a lot about release patterns and um really looking at the development cycle and you know um I do want to note it's not unusual for it to be February of the year of a new Pokemon release and have not heard anything about the year's release yet. Um, There's absolutely precedent for not hearing about a new game until March or April and still having that release. Sun and Moon. Yeah. So I'd like to hear from you, Slaggy. Um, First, what do you think of these upscaled screenshots? Is it something you'd be interested in? And then I'd like to hear from you if you really think that uh, 2018 is possible or likely. I I sort of get your take on this. Um, Yeah, I think they look great. Um, Like Salker said, they they would ideally be do a little bit work like I see a dog dish that kind of like that could be a little bit you know rendered a little better but uh you know like the characters look great um and I was gonna say they like they could add a like little more of a cell shading filter but it already looks like pretty cell shaded as is actually um you know um, in terms of whether it could actually come out uh, you know as we mentioned sun and moon um we didn't really we heard rumors about it which is you know what we're hearing now um and so I I, I would it would be interesting to see it not come out in November, which would be, you know, a typical October-November Pokemon release uh, window, but, you know, then again with uh, the Switch kind of, uh, you know, the Switch didn't come out in the fall, so maybe it would be more like for, like, the second anniversary of Switch, or whatever. Um, Yeah, so... The other, I mean, the other thing I was thinking of is that, you know, a lot of people really think that, oh, the next Pokemon game is going to basically be Pokemon MMO, it's going to be, like, Breath of the Wild, and you'll have to take ten in-game minutes just to get from one town to the next. It's going to be a huge open world, but, I mean, uh, that's never been really the way that Pokemon releases, like, you know, they iterate on each other, and there's, you know, small changes. You know, there's never been, you know, huge leaps forward, like, that do i think that maybe one day it will get to that point maybe but i think this is a lot more realistic and um you know especially um i can't remember if we mentioned this on air but you know the um anime is kind of powering through a lot of the game story content in sun and moon you know we're not quite there yet but i mean even in our uh, episodes today we're starting to kind of power through you know game story as well so um it would be interesting to see uh 
what they would do for the anime if they're going, you know, going through the Sun and Moon content that vast. I mean, while I like, while I ex- agree with you that I don't think that this next one will be a like massively MMO looking version of the game or like Breath of the Wild looking game, I don't think that it's that far off from where we are currently. Like in the the old days, like yeah, it took a couple minutes to get from town to town, but now without fly or ride Pokemon, it can take you a while to move from one route to a town or go through several routes to get to the next story beat. So I don't think it's that far away that we'll be seeing things like more Breath of the Wildy. Maybe there'll just be a lot of more open space and tall grass between like cities or on routes. I'm, but I'm excited to see whatever it is they push out for this new title. Yeah, and you know, um, the online functionality, without having to necessarily be an MMO, I really think there's a lot of room for the online functionality to be, you know, improved. I'm not a fan of Fest- Festival Plaza. I think it's really clunky. Well, and then something else that isn't strictly Pokemon related, but could fit into the discussion here, um, we did at this same uh, earning investor-, investor briefing get word from Nintendo that the Switch Online service will be formally launched in September and that they do have a quote-unquote compelling lineup of software to leverage the new online system. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people, Smash. of course, have immediately jumped to Smash Brothers, but um, you know, based on what you just said, it would be interesting if we also saw Pokemon get brought to the table with an overhaul of its online functionalities. Alright, well with all of this having been said, that's kind of the, the news of the last Poke Week. Um, we're already getting a little longer in the tooth here, so let's move forward to our discussion. Oh no, are you calling me a Bidoof? <laughs> I am not. Uh, Slaggy, we are going to put the spotlight on you to go over your experiences in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon of the second phase of the games, and to note any major differences that you noticed in your playthrough. Uh, Sulker, of course, if you have anything to add that Psychic misses, please, please, please feel free. I will do the same, although I think I'm the least likely of the three to have anything worth noting. Yeah, so, you know, I think one thing that a lot of people had to say about Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, as they were playing through it, is like, oh, there's not a lot that's changed, but, you know, I like to think of it as a director's cut, you know. Uh, You know, there's definitely, um, or like a new game plus in some ways, definitely a lot um, more challenging. Um, But, you know, a lot of the story beats and stuff are the same, so, uh, you know, I just kind of want to go through each of the main little sections and kind of ask about if you had any notable experiences there, if you caught any pokies that you uh, added to your team or that you were happy to catch, and then, of course, when we talk about the trials, your experience with the trials, if you've tackled those yet. So, starting off, we have Heia Heia City and Route 4. Um, one of the new additions is Pikachu Valley. So, this is, a, as you would guess, a valley where there are Pikachus. Hidden Pikachu Valley Ranch. Pretty much. Um, I'd slather it all over a salad if I could. And so, of course, you also meet uh, Dexio and Cena as well, um, but pretty much aside from Pikachu Valley being the main um, change, that's pretty much it. Um, what did you guys think of Pikachu Valley if you've spent time there? I mean, realistically, it's just a cute little stop to get a outfit. Hat Pikachu. Yeah, so you get the Pikachu hat and the Pikachu shirt, which uh, I've been sporting the shirt since I hit Pikachu Valley, so uh, it's probably one of the more important parts of Akala Island to me. <laughs> All right, anything else? 
I mean, not about Pikachu Valley, no. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to Paniola Town and Paniola Ranch with the Paniola Nursery. This is, of course, where, you know, you can get the Pokemon egg. And I'm trying to remember, did the did it turn into an Eevee last time? You know, it's- I don't remember. I don't even remember getting, like, it, what the first thing they give you when you get there is from Sun Moon. Like, because I was more focused on dealing with the Pokies that I was training at the time. Because that was a year ago. I mean, sure, that too. Yeah, but uh, you get a, an egg that will hatch into an Eevee. Um, Rotom Dex gives you a free boost to hatching speed, so that helps to add an Eevee to your team. Uh, did any of you end up adding the Eevee to your team, or even hatching it, or did you just pop it in the box? Did you have any um, Statland ride pager experiences? Any um, green, blue, or red shards that could be valuable to some owners? <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be shards to find, but uh, as far as like what poke what i did with the eevee like i rode around in that little circle right out or box outside of uh the daycare center and just hatched it and boxed it um because i may one day come back and just try to get all of my evolutions like i usually do um i felt like there was something interesting in this area that i wanted to discuss Oh, right, the Rotom Dex powers. Like, we didn't touch on this last time because I think it's not until you get on Akala Island that you start uh, dealing with that. But, like you said, uh, we get the egg hatch power. So, it's really cool. I like the Rotom Roulette to get the various, like, boosts that it can give you. The Roto Lotto? (laughs) Yeah, that one. It really reminded me a lot of, um, like, the powers that you could grant in X and Y. Yeah. But, um, you know, obviously a little bit more me-focused. And a little more limited, because you only get them whenever Rotom Dex's eyes flash up. Yeah. Alright, any other experiences here that anyone wants to talk about? If not, then let's head on over to Route 5, where we have kind of our first big thing on Alcala Island. That is, of course, Lana's Trial, or if you're a anime purist like us, Suiren. This is where you will battle a Totem Araquanid for a chance to get the Waterium Z. Now, I seem to remember when I was playing Moon, that in Moon it was a Totem Wishy-Washy school form. Yeah, so... So in the original games, it was Wishiwashi school form that was the totem Pokemon here, um, but they did change it to Araquanid. Araquanid in this uh, version of the game. So I I wasn't expecting that change when I got to Lana's trial. Um, I seem to recall this being a pretty straightforward fight. I obviously couldn't use my uh, Toracat in this fight because water. Um, so I feel like my stars of this were. Gosh, I don't even remember what plant or probably my Pikachu and I don't remember what the plant Pokemon I had at the time was yeah I found this to be a really tough um kind of I mean that's kind of has been my trend that the I had to really go back and um like level grind a bit so just so that I could really you know have enough Poke power to to beat these totem Pokemon. Oh, you know what it was? I used uh, whatever stage my Pikipak was. Since it's part bug, I, that's what I used to help take it down. Oh yeah, it's not uh, weak to grass type. That's why I couldn't remember. Yeah, and you know, Psychic, I will agree. I had actually felt that like some of like the totem Pokemon fights in original Sun Moon were uh, uh, deceptively tricky, and I definitely feel like that trend is here in Ultra Sun and Moon. Also, just kind of throughout. I actually overall have so far felt like it was a much harder experience compared yeah, and some to Sun Moon. Of, some of the trainer battles like with Skull bosses and etc. Um, I had a notable catch in Brooklyn 
Velvet Hill because I had originally planned on Chlamydia. getting media. Uh, no. <laughs> I may be into P-sports, but like not nothing like that. Um so I was originally going to get a um whatever the um one that evolves into Goliospot is, you know, the one that uh Guzma has his water and bug type. Yeah. But then like I was kind of like looking at the move sets and like the stats and I realized um well, like, first of all, I feel like um, Wimpod, like, kind of had a really weak moveset, like, uh, and really weak stats. I think it only had, like, a few moves. Yeah, it only really knows, like, Struggle Bug, and then you have to rely on that until, I mean, you can you can teach it some uh, TMs, but otherwise you have to rely on that until you get to level 30. So I was kind of like, that doesn't sound too fun, and I really need a water type on my team. So I ended up getting a Dupider instead. And so um, I ended up really liking Dupider, which is the, you know, uh, baby version of Araquanid. Yeah, I also got a Dupider here, and I ended up using it in the Fire Challenge. Excellent. Excellent. I unfortunately do not have any particularly good story to share here. Womp, womp, womp. Mm. All right. Well, you can uh, get the fishing rod here as well. So um, I, I just, I don't, I haven't found, I didn't really spend a lot of time fishing in either game. But uh, otherwise, moving on to Route 6, where there's Royal Avenue and the Battle Royal Dome. There's a place down on Royal Avenue. So um, pretty much plays out the same from what I remember. You have to join the Masked Royal um, in a four-way hot... Um, that was pretty much it. Like I, like I said, I don't really feel like there was anything notable um, that was different. What about you? Now, I can't remember. Is this the first time where you meet Gladion in this version of the game, or did you meet him on the previous island? I'm pretty sure we met him already, because he's like, ugh, what are you doing here? Okay, but I, I did like getting to battle with him, How and Kukui, I mean, the masked wrestler or whatever. Um, I, and I think that it's cute that they stuck with that story, beat for this game. I don't plan on going back to the Battle Dome unless there's another story point relating to it. I'm happy to note that I can actually add to the, the discussion a little. You did meet him earlier on this island. Oh, so right island, we just hadn't brought him up yet. Okay, yes. Alright, next is Route 7, the Weyla Volcano Park, and Kiawe's Trial. This has you fighting a totem Marowak for Fiery MZ, but it pretty much plays out the same. Uh, you know, there's um, you have to see what's different in the pictures and there's the like hiker dude who's there oh my god but it is a total marowak i know that in some of the versions uh, one of the versions i believe it was a totem salazzle last time yeah that's correct and again kind of a tough um, fight, but uh, actually probably not quite as bad as the other one for me. I don't know. This one wasn't as bad for me because I already had Toracat here, so I had a good fire starter to, like, at least have normalish damage Was for. Was twisted fire starter? Uh, then I also had the Dupiter, and there was one other water type I was raising. I can't remember what it was at this point. It, but in any case, like, I advantage type this battle and got through it pretty quickly, also using, a, not Adrenaline Orb, uh, what's the one that does crit 
hits. Dire hit. There you go. Yeah. I was stuck on the RuPaul song, Adrenaline, because you said Adrenaline. I was trying to think about Pokemon, but meanwhile, I'm like, one give me shot, one shot, one, one shot, shot of Adrenaline. That's all I have to add to this discussion. <laughs> all right. No uh, Pokemon added to your team in this area, anyone? Mm, nothing of note that I remembered several months later, no. <laughs> all right. So moving on to Route 8, Captain My- Captain Mallow's trial. I don't try- was going to call her Mal, but she's Mallow in the dub and the localization. And Totem from Fomantis for the Grassy MZ. Um, again, pretty much the same thing. Um, you meet up with the Ultra Recon Squad on Route 8, but otherwise, the, tri- the trial felt pretty much the same. Um, and uh, this one I found pretty challenging. Again, for me, this one wasn't super hard. Uh, I do recall that, so I was doing the, the challenge fine. I think my Torokat got knocked out just from like a one-hit KO. So I had to like do some awful like throw in this Pokemon and have it die while I do a full revive or a revive and then potions on Torokat so I can come in and destroy the heck out of this for Mantis. But uh, otherwise a pretty straightforward fight from my experience and then also being able to add the Furium Z to my Torokat really made the difference after there uh, until I got the uh, final evolution and all that going for him. All right. Moving on to the Dimensional Research Lab, Diglett's Tunnel, and Route 9 as you head to Challenge Olivia. Um, the only thing that I really have to note is that you can catch a Larvitar in the Diglett's Tunnel, and you couldn't get one at all in Sun and Moon. So. Oh, I didn't know that. I need to go back and get one. Yeah, because Tyranitar was always kind of a force to be reckoned with back in the gold-silver days, so... I'm really excited to catch one. Uh, then you go down to Route 9, you run into Looker, um, he'll give you a Thunderstone, and there's a police station where the police officer is actually a Ditto. Was that in the other games? Because I don't... No. Yeah, No, because I... that's terrifying that they're, like, acknowledging that Ditto can become people. Yeah, I thought, didn't the anime do that with, like, Duplica? Did like... they? I thought that the, like, wasn't there something where, like, they only reference it as being able to transform into other Pokemon? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, either way, it's still a scary thought. Yeah, so you can, uh, there's a little Ditto catching, um, not minigame, but there's five other Ditto on the loose that are posing as people. And like I said, I don't remember, I, if it was in the other games, like I said, then um, I don't remember that, but it was weird. So this sequence was not in the other games, and it's worth noting that each of the five dittos that you can catch have a different nature that's considered useful for competitive Pokemon breeding. Um, they also have an interesting assortment of IVs already present. Oh, hell no. I want them now. Yeah, so this is specifically an event that they added to the game for the sort of high-level Pokemon yeah. players. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, this is actually, to me, the kind of tweak between regular Moon and Sun and Ultra Moon and Sun that I find really fascinating because uh, this is very much like a community-driven change. Plus, easy dittos to catch fairly early in the game. I mean, you can catch them outside of uh, Mamane's trial, but, I mean, that's just whatever the percentage chance to find them, and they're always just basic-generated Pokémon, so this actually sounds like a way better version to do, especially if you plan on breeding through the game. 
All right. Well, moving on to Coney Coney City. Um, Coney Coney City um, seems pretty much the same. Uh, there's then there's Memorial Hill where you are uh, on your way to challenge Olivia. Nothing too notable there that I seem to recall. Um, and then you head on to the Grand Trial to earn the Rocky MZ, but not until you run into Plumeria. Honestly, I found all of the Plumeria fights up to this point in the game to be or at least up to the point where I am in the game to be very easy like I remember her being a little more challenging in uh, Pokemon Sun for me uh, maybe it's just I'm better prepared for her this time so I don't know but I seem to recall her being a little tougher as an opponent previously yeah and then there's the Olivia's trial um so uh, I feel like this one Olivia's trial like I didn't have as tough of a time with even though you know she's the kahuna so well I mean this time you had a Rowlet uh, starter, right? So it makes sense that it right. would be a little easier for you. And I had my Depider, so... Yeah. Um, this one was a bit harder for me, just based on having a Fire starter uh, through the game, uh, so that was a notable difference for me, but just kind of based on typing. Uh, I think I did use my Depider here as well as... Uh, a, oh, I used uh, Dusk Form Lycanroc was on my team at this point, oh, so it was yeah. a good like attacker and not necessarily great on defense, but it was definitely useful in this combat. Alright, so moving on, if you want, you can stop at the Hano Grand Resort in Hano Beach. Hano Grand Resort has um, some cool things, um, like TM45 Attract, um, some full heals, there's a uh, metronome, so like some pretty cool stuff. And then on Hano Beach, um, I wait, didn't... Wait, 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 do... isn't this where you also get Pikachunium Z? Oh, that's right, that is where you get Pikachunium Z, thank you, yeah. Wait, and isn't this also the, was that on the first island, or is it this island where you see the Pikachu wedding? I don't remember seeing a Pikachu wedding. You didn't see the Pikachu wedding? Oh, honey, it's it's the highest event of the year in the game. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to go back and see if I can still access that. Come on, grass. <laughs> And then at Hano Beach, there's some little things to do. You can do Puku Muku throwing and get 20,000 Poke Dollars um, per uh, Puku Muku that you throw back into the sea. Oh, hex, yes. Get I a part money. job. Yeah, and there's apparently some good hidden items with, if you use Stout Stalin. So, uh, again, I didn't Is really... Is a green shard? Possibly. Um, yeah, did, did, did you do any of those? No, I wasn't actually aware that this was in the game, so I need to go and do that. I, yeah. I'm always struggling for money in this version, because I'm not doing the uh, Snorlax trick I had last time with uh, Amulet Coin and Happy Hour. Yes, Hanny. Alright, well, this is where things start to get a little crazy, because then it's time to go to the Aether Paradise. Um, you know, you go and do the tour, and then the Ultra Beast comes out, um, and then, you, like you so, said, you know, you end up when you do that fight with the Ultra Beast, um, the Ultra Recon Squad shows up, and you can get the Psychic TM. And then there's um, some weird references to um, how they're working with Lusamine, and something about Necrozma and the Light and Alola, and ooh, it's creepy. Okay, but like for real though, I found this to be like a really interesting change in the story, noting that she's working directly with the Ultra Recon, Recon Squad. Right. 
Right. Um, and interestingly to me, like, Lusamine seems a little bit less nefarious in this version of the game, and I can't remember if that's just because I don't remember her ever having acted very nice all the time. Like, there always seemed to be some kind of level of, like, bitchy, standoffish queen to her, whereas in this version, it seems like she really does have more of an actual interest in saving her Pokemon, even though later on in the game we get some of her weird, like, oh shit, you're fucking crazy moments, but, like, at this point in the game, it seemed like, to me, she was nicer than in the original run of Sun Moon. You're not the only person I've heard say that. Um, you know, it, obviously, I haven't seen this yet myself, but um, everyone I know who's played has actually remarked to me very similarly that they felt Lusamine was characterized very different in this game. Uh, Slykick, did you find yourself agreeing with that? Yeah, like, um, kind of suspiciously so. Oh, interesting angle. Okay, uh, did anyone have a- anything else to add to that? No, not really. No, I think that really covers it for me, because after this, you basically start moving on to the third island, and then we'll talk about that on the next episode. Excellent. All right, well, all said and done, um, how are the two of you feeling about Akala Island in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Uh, Slaggy? I, you know, I think that there were some definite um, little tweaks that were noticeable, but uh, overall, just pretty much a similar experience, and I, I like Akala Island. Um, I, I think that it's where the turning point really starts, where you start to really notice uh, things getting crazy. Excellent. What about you, Sulker? So, I think on the high level, this, the, like, we're seeing that the game is very much the same. It's really the little details in the early parts of the game that kind of show you that there are those major differences. Like, uh, with uh, Cinna and Dexio, you still meet them on this island, but they don't give you a Zygarde cube because that's not a minigame, as far as I can tell, in this version of the game. Instead, you're collecting the totem stickers, which it is uh, good to note that on this island is where you start picking up the totem Pokemon from uh, Samson Oak. So, yeah, I think that there are some interesting things to be noted in this particular island as kind of pointing that out, but uh, I'm really enjoying my playthrough. Um, it's a fun game, and it, it it's really is the next level of taking this particular game or this particular generation in a new direction. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, in the interest of keeping this show moving, we're already past the hour mark in recording. Let's start talking about the anime. We're going to talk about another three episodes of Sun and Moon this week. The first episode we're going to talk about is Treasure Hunt Akala Style, or Finding the Treasure, Muland Searching, as it was known in Japan. I'm going to read here real quick the summary and then talk a little bit about how I felt about the episode. As part of Olivia's practical lesson on Akala Island, the gang are sent on treasure hunts across the island mounted on Stoutland, each of which reacts differently to its rider. Ashtoshi's Stoutland is extremely friendly and enthusiastic, Lana's Stoutland does not seem to like her, and Lily has trouble even getting close to her Stoutland. In the first round, Ashtoshi finds three gemstones, Malo finds giant mushrooms, Kiawe finds a large fossil, Lana and Sophocles find nothing, and Lily is still trying to approach her Stoutland. In the second round, Lana and Poplio run into a hostile Pokemon which is fought off by her Stoutland, an Alolan Geodude, Ash mistakes for a fossil, gets away when he tries to catch it, Malo finds a giant fruit, Kiawe finds another fossil, Sophocles uses technology to find a piece 
piece of meteorite. And the Lana power of science finds, is amazing. <laughs> and Lana finds a lump of metal that can be made into a Z-ring, making her the winner. At last, Lily uses her experiences with Shion and Pikachu to finally get close to her Stoutland. So this is the kind of episode that is... It could probably be characterized as filler in a sense, but at the same time, um, I thought that the episode was done in a really clever way. Uh, you know, Ash finding the <laughs> pe- the green pieces and uh, blue pieces and red pieces was an absolute riot, the way that the show approached it very much in the style of the game. These will might be of interest to certain people. These might be of interest to certain people. I think we've all known that frustration. Uh, I like that we got ultimately like some character development for every character in this episode. Um, you know, again, I call it fillery in like the loosest type of description because in a way, like the overarching plot didn't necessarily move forward, but basically every subplot moved forward. Um, for me, this was a, a really fun and funny episode. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, what did you guys think? And let's start with Slykick. Yeah, I think you described it really well um, in that it's filler in terms of not moving the story forward but like every character had their moment and that's what I really like about Sun and Moon is that it's not always just the Ash Ketchum show it's you know we get these moments and especially like this is a big episode for Suiren Lana uh, you know she gets her uh, material for Zirin and next episode actually is another one that really focuses on her as well um, I loved all of the different Statland with their different personalities Ash has you know the one that's really derpy and keeps licking him um, and it's just as um, continues to make me laugh that Ash just does not catch Pokemon. Like, he keeps letting all these Pokemon get away. I don't really know that he let that Geodude get away, but it got away from him. Um, for me, I disagree that this is a, fil- like, in even the loosest sense of the terms, a filler episode. Uh, simply because I feel like we are advancing, like you said, like you may have called them subplot spike, but I feel like each character's plot is somewhat important to the story as we're going to start moving forward through the uh, actual like game story beats. Um, because, uh, and we'll talk about in the next episode, or is it the next episode? Yeah, the next two episodes kind of touch on that a little bit more, I think. Um, one thing that I'd like to call out from this episode is the hero Mulan Stoutland of... Uh, Lana slash Shuiden, because that Mulan didn't like her at first, but then, uh, like, to save her life from, and Poplios from the Garbodor, it, like, actually leapt into combat and, like, befriended her, and that's how she got the winning Z-Ring crystal, which is probably changing that little girl's life forever. So, I I really like this episode. That's all I got to say on it, though. I love Mulan, so yeah, no, I dug this episode. Uh, The next one we watched was Big Sky Small Fry, the mighty Yawash Totem of the Lake. With no class today, Ashtoshi and Lana go Pokemon fishing, but they may end up catching more than they bargained for since the lagoon they're fishing in may contain a water-type totem Pokemon. If there is, then Lana is determined to battle it. Meanwhile, Kiawe takes the rest of the gang to visit his family's dairy farm, where they're more interested in sampling the produce than in helping him. And Team Rocket doesn't have much luck with their own totem Pokemon fishing, especially when it's interrupted 
Baikiti Rugumi. Uh, so this was, I thought, a really great episode that, um, again, you know, we talked a little bit in the primary part of this episode about how um, the story for the Sun Moon anime is starting to fly by and adapt more plot points pretty quickly. Um, the Totem of the Lake story event is one that we did talk about in our discussion today. Um, it was handled in such a way having Lana or Suiren. That's that's one Lana right. is, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Suiren actually be the one that really handles fighting the totem, totem Pokemon, which is uh, wishy-washy in school form. Might be what uh, a lot of our listeners are a little more used to hearing it called. Really um, coming right into reference to what Slykick was talking about with the changed totem Pokemon fight in the sequence of games we talked about here today. Um, I, one of the things I really liked about this episode is that while it was like a big move the plot forward episode, we did still get a great Team Rocket gag. Um, we had a great gag with where there's like a fishing guru. Um, he tells a little bit of like a, a shady history of himself that isn't really reliable. Um, I find that like unreliable narrative narrator kind of joke typically to be hilarious. And the fact that only Rotom decks really seem to be keeping up with the joke as it was and happening being in really this episode by it. and being really bothered by it was for me a real source of amusement. Um, all in all, I thought this was a great episode. I'd like to hear what you guys think. And let's start with Sulker. Uh, I did like the old fishing man uh, gag. I thought that was pretty cute for the episode. Um, for me, the best slash most interesting parts were around the wishy-washy totem or, or school form totem fight. Uh, I like that we actually got a little bit of the SOS Pokemon or the friend that it always like the totem Pokemon always summon, and this time it was in the form of Love Disc. Uh, or was it a Love Disc? It was no. a Love Disc. Yep. No, it was not Love Disc. It's the other one that looks like a fish, Aloha Mora. Really. I- I thought it was a love disc. No, I, oh, I think you're right. I think it was an Alolomora. Alomo, Alomomola. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was an Alolo, uh, Alomomola. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, so, yeah, Alolomola was the uh, SOS Pokemon in this case. Um, and I like how uh, Ashtoshi kind of jumped in with Pikachu to help, like, take care of it since it was supporting the Wishiwashi and, like, healing it, uh, which is why Lana's Popplio wasn't able to deal with it on its own. Uh, and then kind of Lana winning the Waterium Z crystal through this fight. Uh, like I said, I think that this is really like the first real big step forward for her into like what's going to be going on in the main story. So all in all, I really like this episode. What about you, Slykick? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, you know, the Kiawe moments were just kind of like for comedic relief. And um, I thought the... Uh, I, the one thing, I was just disappointed that I thought this would have been a great time for Popplio to evolve into Brion, but... I I actually would agree there. I was expecting that. That or I was expecting, like, the first use of, like, a water Z-move for her. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it was still, I thought, really good. And the last episode we're going to discuss this week was a crowning moment of truth. Or a fiery battle. Gara Gara appears. Ashtoshi and his friends go to the Wela Volcano Festival, where an Alolan Marowak appears and takes the Wela Crown which supposedly has the power to make Pokemon stronger. Ash and Kiawe chase after it, which leads to a fierce battle between Marowak and Kiawe's Turtonator, in which, even after using a Z-move, Turtonator is defeated. Kiawe is devastated and disheartened by the loss, but Ash and Turtonator encourage him. The next day, Kiawe and Turtonator face Marowak in a rematch, but this time Turtonator wins. Marowak not only returns the crown, but also decides to join Kiawe as one of his Pokemon. 
Turtonator develops a rivalry with Marowak in the process. So this description, while technically right, sort of loses everything that I thought made this episode special and fun. By which I mean, I actually thought this was a really great episode. Um, I kind of loved everything of the Gara Gara, like snatching the crown literally from uh, the festival. Oh no, she better don't. Right? Um, you know, I love that we got that uh, cool fight between Pikachu and, I'm like, Bakugames, but uh, Turtonator. I thought that that was really cool. Um, I really love, like, the. I think one of you made this comment either this week or I think it was last week, how we don't really get to see in the anime a lot of, like, the actual Pokemon training. So anytime we get sequences like this where one trainer is helping another trainer through, like, battle, help learn how to do Pokemon battles, I love seeing that translated to the anime. I love the story of how Gargara ends up joining Kaki. I thought that that was really cool. But one other thing is that I also felt like this was a really funny episode. There was, like, a really great recurring gag involving um, sort of that that one hiker that was referenced during the game discussion and his boober that he's like screaming about because well, three it was of damaged them. and it turns out to be three of them who look identical <laughs> which i thought was an awesome reference to the game i saw a lot of little awesome fun references to the game in this batch of episodes yeah um, let's this take was a picture one. to celebrate that he this yeah right this was another one where i really felt like the story got moved forward in line with the game but sort of taking a different angle on it which i think is very interesting um sulker what did you think of this episode first off i have to say there there was a growlith in this episode and y'all know that i'm particularly happy about that um so I do wonder if there is a difference in the way that the American uh, dub of this episode handled the way that the crown worked, um, because in the uh, Japanese episode, it specifically called out that the crown makes fire Pokemon stronger, and you kind of see that through like uh, Growlithe's eyes getting a little bit more focused, uh, through the flame of uh, what was it, Vol- uh, Flareon getting like, or it's like little bits of its mane becoming more fire-like. Um, so I don't know if that's just a translation difference or not, but I really liked the way that that was specifically called out because I love fire types, as you all know. Um, it is known. What else did I think about this episode? Um, I really loved how shonen everything in the fight sequences yeah. was or were. Uh just the way that, like, showing that the Z-move itself isn't enough to, like, sometimes win battles. You have to think strategically. You have to think about what your opponent's doing. I really enjoyed those aspects of the game, or the episode. Uh, also, obviously, the hiker bit and the, the screaming of Boober multiple times uh, in that episode. Uh, and just the way that as soon as Marowak decides it's going to join Kiawe, how it just kind of turns into, like, a cute, like, version of itself instead of being the, like, focused fighty guy. So, all in all, appreciated this episode and really liked it. Uh, and I think that through this arc, we are really getting, like, the people that will become the trial captains, like, leveling up. What about you, Slykick? Yeah, I enjoyed this episode a lot. You were on the on the ball when you said it was a very shonen anime, um, and I, I just thought it was a really it's really cool that you know these uh, the kids are getting getting their totem. Like I guess I could can see what you're saying. This is like how they become the like island trial uh, instead of like you know taking the island trial. This is how like they become the trial captains. I think that's a really interesting angle. 
All right. Well, if that about wraps up our discussion of the anime episodes today, I believe it's time to go over to Sulker, who has a very special Pokemon of the Week for us this week. Our Pokemon Boober! of the no, our Pokemon of the Week is Wishiwashi, or in Japanese, Yowashi. Uh, it's a water type Pokemon introduced in Generation Seven. Uh, while it is not known to evolve into or from any other Pokemon, Wishiwashi can change for- change forms with its schooling ability uh, if it has reached level twenty. Wishiwashi can change forms using schooling. Um, it changes from solo form to school form at the start of a battle or at the end of a turn uh, if its HP is above 25% of its maximum HP. In school form, Wishiwashi's appearance changes from a small fish to a larger fish consisting of multiple smaller fishes. Uh, it will change back to solo form once its HP drops below 25% of its maximum or uh, at the end of that particular turn. Uh, the two forms have different stats and different crops which are interesting to note. Uh, Yowashi is Pokemon number 746, the small fry Pokemon. Uh, It's Pokemon Moon Pokedex entry. Uh, It's awfully weak and notably tasty, so everyone is always out to get it. As it it happens, anyone trying to bully it receives a painful lesson. Yes! Uh, And uh, obviously the major anime appearances are Big Sky, Small Fry, or the episode we just talked about, also known as uh, the Mighty Yowashi Totem of the Lake. Uh, and I think that's really all we have to say on Yowashi slash Wishiwashi. I love Wishiwashi. Uh, I don't know. My feelings are a little Wishiwashi on it. Really? Is that true? Or are you just trying to be funny? I'm trying to be funny. Okay, uh, I fine. thought in the episode, by the way, it was cute that, like, they noted that, like, it, its eyes always look like it's going to cry, and that uh, Suiren helped the little one that was hurt by giving him a Band-Aid. Like, I thought it was just so cute. Yeah, that was really adorable. And this is also another case of where, like, in, um, like... The idea behind schooling is really cool, but, like, how would that work if you're all the way out in, like, Hoenn and there's not wishy-washy? Will they just magically make school form? I mean, I assume so. This is one of those things where you have to have the suspension of disbelief for a minute, I guess. It's Pokemon. I think that's assumed. Well, and that uh, takes us to the end of our Pokemon of the week. Uh, Any final thoughts here, Spike? Just that I like Yawashi a lot, and, um, you know, I've never really run with one in my party, but I think I'm inclined to do so after this episode. (laughs) All right, Slack. Do you want to uh, get us started getting out of here? Yeah, so uh, if you'd like to leave us feedback, you can subscribe, give us ratings and reviews on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. We like your Facebook likes, and we love Twitter. You can mail us at mail at stabcast.org. Mail at stabcast.org. And our home base is stabcast.org. Stabcast.org. Spike. Yeah, I'd like to shout folks out in the direction of the Voice of Geeks Network over at vognetwork.com, or you can hear an array of lovely geek-oriented content, as well as our sister show, gamebuoy.org. Gamebuoy.org. That's your twice-monthly port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. You can obviously also check us out over at our home base at GameBooie.org. GameBooie.org. Slagkick, where would you like to direct our listeners? I'd like to direct you over to um, over on the Voice of Geeks Network, Orange Lounge Radio, where every gamer has a voice, and to who we basically owe our podcasting existence, featuring 
Dark Sakura, Techmaster Loki, and Rob Roberts, who you can also hear on Reading is Fundamental, the podcast where myself, you, Trainer Spike, Delvin from Video Game Realness, and Rob Roberts serve tea and dish on everything RuPaul's Drag Race Hunty. It is basically the Battle Royal um, Pokemon contest ribbons. Yes, Hunty. We're talking about the All Stars 3 season that is currently airing, so check that out. I'd also like to direct you to our sister show to Game. Bowie, which is Anime Bowie, your port of call for anime news and recommendations and discussions that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. Sulker. I'd like to call out to Mythical Pokemon D&D RPG, taking two of the best aspects of geek life. GM Whitewing hosts a troop of unlikely heroes as they explore the Pokemon world of the past with classic D&D classes and villains. I'd also like to shout out Very Random Encounter, VRE cast, spun off from the original cast members of Mythical. This exciting RPG podcast is random as hell. Each season, they play a different random pen and paper RPG with randomly generated everything, characters, monsters, and more. I'd also like to take a quick moment to shout out to uh, Seep's uh, YouTube channel where he is doing his Pokemon Yellow Nuzlocke challenge. Uh, His final four battle is happening tonight, so by the time this episode airs, uh, it should be there for review. Uh, And with that said, I believe we also have theme music, Slidekick. We have music. It's great. Our theme music is Professor Sycamore's theme by Nathan Sharp, a.k.a. Nate Wants to Battle. You might be familiar with his variety of anime and game covers and parodies, as well as pop-punk covers and some original music, too. So go support him on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, etc. Excellent. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for us this week. Thank you all so much out there in Internet Radio Land for spending this, well, I normally would say lovely Sunday afternoon, but unbearably warm in the Bay Area Sunday afternoon. Like, it's literally February 4th. Why is it so warm? Um... Either way, we'll be back at you in a week or two. Beautiful weather, Snorlax. Gross. We'll be back at you in a week or two with more of Ultra Alola. But until then, keep training. Keep training. Keep training. Keep catching. Keep Keep catching. catching. And, uh, Yowashi Tsuyoshi Ike no Nushi. Wishiwashi, I choose you. Give it everything you've got. My body is ready. Woo! Alola. 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 Mics are hot.